But if you look at what people regret when they are about to leave this earth, leave this planet behind and leave this life, that is a good way to face and chase those fears. It's kind of like this. You face your fear at a certain level and then you up the ante. And so it might actually be wrong to believe the fear is going to go away. Go away. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your co-host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. We bring you seven episodes per week to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. How can I let my fear drive me instead of causing anxiety? Oh, man. I don't know. I think in the beginning, it's it depends. It depends on what you choose. If you choose, I'm going to face X fear, then you might have to deal with the anxiety associated with it. Can you break the fear down into a smaller fear? So again, I had somebody reach out to me and this person wanted to be a speaker. On a scale of 1 to 10, how outside of your comfort zone is it for you to do a Facebook Live? 12 out of 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, how outside of your comfort zone is it for you to record a video and show nobody? 0 out of 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, how outside of your comfort zone is it for you to record a video and send it to me only? 5 out of 10. Perfect. Let's go there. So maybe you're not supposed to do the Facebook Live right now. Can you break your fear into something smaller, more sustainable, more accessible? That's what I would say. Start very, very small. If the fear is so large that you are paralyzed by the fear, then it's most likely not in that sweet spot Kevin just described. It's probably too far out. Um, if Kevin's first speech was in front of a thousand people, he probably wouldn't have been able to handle it and had a, would have had a panic attack. Instead, his first speech was in front of 34 people or 38. I don't so, remember. It seemed like a thousand. Seemed like a thousand. Exactly. But that's what it is, is is the cool part about starting a podcast is no one's going to listen to you in the beginning, so you might as well just hammer it. Uh, I actually wrote a post. I'll actually share this really quickly. So I wrote a post earlier today. It's dropping on Wednesday, scheduled for Wednesday or Thursday. Um, let me reopen this real quick. Okay, throwback to the early days. It's a picture of Kevin and I in, I think, I think this was like episode 14, 15. Oh, wow. And there's a laughy face because it's you and I eating Chick-fil-A in the old apartment at the table. Oh, yeah. I remember those those were the days. Yep. I remember when we used to get four listens a day. Last week, we had our highest day yet with 3,361 listens in a single day. That's 840 times more. Nothing was wrong with us. We were just early in the journey. Maybe that's true for you too. Keep going. And so what I, why I read that is... 840 times more people listen to us every day than back then. So it's more, it's, it's kind of like this. You face your fear at a certain level and then you up the ante. And so it might actually be wrong to believe the fear is going to go away, go away. That person asked, how do you make your fear drive you rather than paralyze you? It's the same answer Kevin had, which is if your skills are at level five, shoot for something at level six, but don't shoot for something at 10. Like if it's your first time in the pool, you should not be on the Olympics. But if you've been training for eight to 10 years, like maybe you're ready for the Olympic games. I don't know, but you do know. 
But don't make the mistake of thinking Michael Phelps isn't scared just because he's done this a thousand times. He is. He's just a lot less scared than everybody else because he's done it more and he's far better. How can we help others with their fears without overwhelming them? Uh, go face their fears with them. I, I really, again, my favorite story of all time, and I won't tell the whole thing, but Amy and I going to the mall. Amy and I went to the mall to face her fears of starting, face her fear of starting conversation with strangers. I just did it with her. I was terrified too. But the, you know the interesting thing? I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for Amy. I wouldn't have just gone to the mall and had conversations with people. So I think you have to go support the person that you're with and just make sure that they are in the learning zone, not the anxiety zone. But support. Support them. And push them the appropriate amount. Uh, encourage fear chasing by leading by example. And more importantly, talk about talk vulnerably about where you're facing your fears. Uh, I have one client who asked me to be as hard on her as I am on myself, and she essentially asked me to teach her everything that I know in terms of being an elite performer. And and she's serious about this. She really wants to be like, for lack of better phrasing, like Navy SEAL level coach, coaching. And I told her that's my scariest call. It's my favorite, but it's also my scariest. And here's why. I think I'm afraid to be disliked and I'm afraid that if she knows how hard I am on me and I share that part of me with her, she's not going to like me and that's going to hurt our relationship. And so some people are afraid of failure. Some people are afraid of success. And I think the majority of our listeners are more afraid of failure than success, but there's some that are definitely afraid to be too much for people. I'm too much for other people. And that's my fear with this person. I'm, I'm going to be too much for her. And then she's going to judge me or whatever. And so uh, lead by example, be vulnerable and honest about your own fears and how you're overcoming them. Um, to that point, do you guys ever in your coaching uh, tell people to not do something because it will induce like too much anxiety for them where they're at in their journey? Definitely. Yeah. I, all the time lately. I think early in my coaching, I was naive to to the detriment of over overdoing it. So early in the journey, I, I think I pushed Kev a little harder than what was probably optimal. Um, <laughs> fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, I wouldn't go he, back and change it. Yeah, I know. Same. But uh, I do know that in hindsight, I've pushed people too far outside their comfort zone. And so now I'm very careful of that. And I, I always give a disclaimer. Even people who come in the NLU community, they usually... So we have a large business model. Everybody knows that. Awesome. Uh, there's 25 departments, right? And they all add value and personal development of some holistic nature. And if you go into all the departments really, really quickly and then end up on the team really, really quickly, and then you are just monthly meetups and live podcasts and doing coaching, and now you're doing relationship talks, you're going to the Wii events. It's just, it can be too much awareness in too short of a time, and it can be very traumatic. And so now the analogy I use is you... You go too deep, too quick, like scuba diving, and if you rise too fast, you end up, I don't know what it's called. But the you, bends. You can, the bends. You can die if you rise too fast in scuba diving. So if you go too deep, too quickly, and then you rise back to the surface too fast, it can be traumatic. And so I'm really focused on making sure everyone is 
going deep at the at the right pace. Um, and that's actually why I partnered with Bianca for cognitive behavioral therapy coaching because she does the therapy side in tandem with the success coaching and the business coaching that I do. I definitely do, yeah. As as a podcaster, it's different, right? Because it's not as serious as some other life stuff. But I always try to give advice based on where people are, not where we are. <coughs> mm-hmm. I'm yeah. all right. I'm hanging You're, in there. Okay. Okay. I'm alarmed. I'm here. He's here. I find I ran people... out of water. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, this question is, I find people who have the same fears can either fuel each other or keep each other small. How can we be sure to align ourselves with the right people for growth? Alan, I know this isn't probably, you remember the monkey story? Mm-hmm. You think that's applicable for this? Yeah. I don't I know do. it, so I need you. <laughs> I got you. Um, now, I, in quick disclaimer, I... I'm not certain of the accuracy of this story. Uh, I, I have not looked at this research study myself. Okay, so that's what I'll say. I have not actually looked at this research study myself. I heard it in passing. So there was apparently a research study where they put um, bananas at the top of a pole in a room and they had monkeys, again, unethical research back in the day, not sure of the exact research study, okay? But they essentially made the monkeys very, very hungry by not feeding them for several days, okay? They bring one really hungry monkey into the room, and they observe the monkey. The monkey uh, climbs to the top of the pole, grabs a banana immediately. As soon as it touches a banana, it gets sprayed in the face with cold water. And again, unethical study, but it is what it is. All right. Monkey tries it. You're like, what the heck? Monkey tries again. Sprayed in the face the moment it touches a banana. This is conditioning. One more time, tries again, sprayed in the face of cold water. Eventually, the monkey stops trying to climb because it realizes that those bananas are dangerous, essentially. Mm. Those are bananas that are not good. Cursed bananas, right? So anyways, uh, second monkey comes in, really, really hungry. Second monkey's looking at the first one going, uh, dude, like, you seeing what I'm seeing? Bananas. It's rock and roll. Second monkey goes to climb. First monkey pulls the second monkey down. Don't, don't. Trust me, these bananas are cursed. Right? Obviously, I'm. they're not talking to each other, but you know what I'm saying. All right. So eventually, th- a couple more times, second monkey gets pulled down, pulled down, pulled down. The first monkey's trying to protect the second one. But the second monkey has no idea of that. Okay? Third monkey, same deal as the second monkey. First and second monkey are pulling down the third monkey. Eventually, they bring in a fourth monkey and take the first monkey out. Now there's three monkeys in a room that are all hungry. There's bananas easily accessible. None of them will climb and none of them are aware of why. The first monkey is the only one who got sprayed. And while I am not certain of that research study either ethically or the truthfulness of it. What I do know is that is an incredible analogy for what happens to us with our families. Our parents do not want to see us fail and get hurt the way they did. But what's ironic and fascinating is that that fear of pain and suffering is also keeping us small. 
and stopping us from trying because it's impossible to achieve dreams without risk. And we did an episode on that today. So there's the monkey story, Kevin. Hey, I wanted to give my experience working with Kevin and the rest of the Next Level University team. It has been such a seamless relationship. He is so easy to work with, Kevin, and he gives you all the information you need but doesn't overwhelm you. He's also um, meets you where you're at. So whatever you want to do, he'll make it work. And it's just, there's no stress, there's no drama. And everybody else that I've worked with has been patient with me because I am not technologically savvy. So they've been helpful and patient and just encouraging. And it's just been a fantastic experience. I highly, highly recommend working with them. Well done. I haven't heard it in a long time. My, I know my Wi-Fi might be jeffing. I'm going to power through if, if everything gets cut off. It is what it is. Uh, I, it's a great analogy or great story for this. Great example. Am I jeffing? What was, no, you're good. What was the oh. question? The question was, how do you, so when you have people who have similar fears, it can either really help Mm -hmm. or it can hinder. And I think that's a great example. I'll just say this, because I don't know if my Wi-Fi is going to stick because it sucks. Somebody's got to take the lead. So again, I was as, probably not as afraid as, as Amy, but I was afraid of approaching strangers, but I took the lead. It was my identity that I am the type of person who would do this for somebody else. So there, it's extra Y power. Be the leader and maybe you can change somebody else's life and you'll definitely change your own life. So yeah, somebody's got to take the lead. Whoever has the greater why power will probably take the lead. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin asked me one time to go to the bar with him and he was going to try to go to the bar without drinking. Mm, and cause I, at that point had been to the bar many times without drinking, which at one point was really hard for me. And so, uh, you ended up, I think drinking that night, a couple drinks. I think I had, one, like I, think I had one vodka Red Bull. On the right. heavier but, side, heavy, heavy, but, poor, heavy, poor, but yeah. much less than pro- pre- previously. Less. And, and that's important too. progress just because you face your fear a little bit, but not fully doesn't mean you didn't face your fear. Right. And so it's important to focus on the progress too, but to Kevin's point, just lead by example. And if you, if you are with someone who has the same fear you do talk about it mm. and talk about the downside of staying in the fear. You know, talk about the downside of, you know what, I think we're both afraid of this thing, but I think that's holding us back. I think we need to do something about it. I know we're both afraid to go to this new gym. A lot of intimate partners are like that, right? They're they're both afraid to like go to a new gym or whatever. One of the partners has to sit there and say, honestly, this fear is like holding us back from what we're truly capable of. So yeah, lead by example and Whoever has the most Y power, whoever has the biggest goals is going to have to face the most fears, depending on obviously what that goal is. Helen Baker's in the house. She asked a question. Helen is pretty awesome. Shout out to Helen. Fear chasers. My goodness. Um, Are there any books that you would recommend to help other others overcome their fears? Jeff, I don't I don't know any off the top of my head. I'm sure you do. (laughs) I think the best one. And this isn't the answer that I would have expected me to say. Is is the um, Victor Frankl's "A Man's Search for Meaning," and the reason why I love this book so much is because it's a an uh, what is it called an autobiography? It's, it's not auto. Autobi- okay, it's written by Victor Frankl, who was essentially in Auschwitz, 
And the reason why I think this will help someone fear chase is because when the worst of 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 the worst case scenarios, you're reading this man and his his experience in these concentration camps, everything else seems like child's play in comparison. And so it gives me courage. One of the reasons I read that book is because it gives me courage because it's like, well, if he went through that, like this speech is not a big deal mm. in comparison right and so that helps so that would be my suggestion suggestion is is uh, a man's search for meaning by victor frankel i know a lot of women get hung up on a man's search for meaning i know emilia did um but it's it's just as powerful for a woman as well i got one and you son of a bee you didn't take it i'm surprised top five regrets of the dying by one mm. Bronnie Ware. That is a, a great book. Bronnie was, she worked in hospice for many years and she found the most common regrets that people had when they were on their deathbeds. And she wrote a book about it. And then we interviewed her on our podcast, Shameless Plug. But it's a very good book. And I know Alan, that definitely changed his life in a lot of ways, mine including, but or mine included. But if you look at what people regret when they are about to leave this earth, leave this planet behind and leave this life, that is a good way to face and chase those fears if anyone's on video right now uh i have the top five regrets of the dying from way back when i when i wrote this flashcard i created this in 2018 i dated it it got ripped so oh, no. this is it the top five i know the top five regrets of the dying are right here on this flashcard if anyone's curious about them uh just i recommend the book it's truly magnificent and in a way it flips fear on its head because what it does is it takes your biggest fears of regret and gets you to overcome your current fears by realizing that the fear of regret should be bigger than those fears. It's You're, you're not going to regret what you tried and failed. You're going to regret when you let fear win. And that's really the premise of that book, and it's super powerful. All right, we have like a minute and a half. We're going to do one more, Alan. Okay, mm -hmm. Brandon, one more. Let's keep it to a dull roar on time. <laughs> Make it quick. Alan. <laughs> Alan. Why, why has society formed such a negative correlation with fear when typically greatness lies on the other side? Real humdinger. All right. Clock starts now. You have 45 seconds. You first, brother. Okay. Um, because it takes a long time to actually find greatness. And if you only face your first five fears... You're going to have a negative association with facing fears because nothing positive ever came from it. So it really is the staying power. There's, you know, there's a lot of things that society has connected with success and greatness, but usually those are the hardest things. So I think just because there's a correlation doesn't mean that there's going to be a, a trend for people doing it because, you know, hard work is one way. Facing your fears is one way. Finding mentors, reading books. I think a lot of the answers are out there, but facing your fears is one of the hardest ones because it involves the depths of yourself, not just reading a book or getting a mentor. Uh, I'll go with the overly simple answer because we have 26 seconds. Uh, I would say that facing your fears and doing what's scary is just way harder. I, I think it's a harder life. I really do. But I think it's a more deeply meaningful life, and I know it's a more fulfilling life. But I think it's just much more difficult in the moment. Uh, and I think most people are focused on momentary enjoyment at the expense of their own greatness. Strong work. 
Next Level Nation, as you know, we just started our eighth round of group coaching, and we have sold out every single group that we have had thus far. If you missed any of the groups, but especially group number eight, our ninth round of group coaching is starting on January 3rd. That's 2023, not 2022, so please ignore that small jeffing. I made a mistake. If you want 2023, not 2022, to be the best year of your life, if you want it to be different, if you keep saying to yourself, you know what? Next month, next week, tomorrow, next year will be different. This is an actual opportunity for you to make that change. And I guarantee it will be the most beneficial thing you do. I believe in it so very deeply. We would love to have you as a part of that group. We also have a book club. If you have been telling yourself the story that you want to read more, I want to read more, I want to read more, I want to read more. I know I've felt that way in the past. This is your why power to read more. We're reading a book called Switch by Dan and Chip Heath. And it's all about how to change your behavior. It's all about how to face your fears and how to design a life on your own terms, essentially. So we're on chapter six, shrink the change. And that goes really well with what we talked about on this episode, which is essentially if the fear is too big and too monstrous, shrink it down into a little one and face that little fear. Then you can tackle a bigger one and then a bigger one and then a bigger one. And if you think about dominoes, think about the domino effect of one fear that you knock down today then another one tomorrow and another one after that and a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. Before you know it, you're going to be doing things that you at one point didn't even know you were capable of. Strong work. Next Level Nation. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, usually I say what tomorrow's episode is, but how do I close these out? I feel like I haven't done this in a hot minute. I'll just say, as, as always, I don't know either. <laughs> as always, at NLU, we do not have fans. We have family. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Please reach out. See you next week, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. We mean it when we say family. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us directly. Everything you need to get a hold of us is in the show notes. Thank you again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.